0: aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford, Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. I faced it all, and I stood tall, and did it my
1: way. And I welcome you once again to another estate Planning Essentials Program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., and I'm the grateful host of this program, which seeks to protect your family, your assets, and you. Hopefully, we're doing that today. We've done it in the past and helped you make better decisions with your life, with your planning, and for your family. And I'm sitting here with my co-host, my attorney, who should be your attorney, my friend, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank um, was walking the dog this morning, and I was thinking, I was still recovering, because I wanted to talk to you about this, too, before the show, but now I'm sort of cornered. I need to talk to you live, and I don't have any problem doing that. But um, So I'm from Pennsylvania, right? I'm sorry. Okay, I know you are. And uh, I have to say, I'm from suburban Philadelphia. Don't say I'm that really hard. sorry. Yeah, I know you are. Um, and... So by saying that alone, does it undermine my credibility? I don't know. But yes, I am an Eagles fan. I know the fight and cheer song that they do for the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, uh, fly. It's really sigh, Eagle, sigh. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought about while walking the dog this morning. It's a sigh thing because you just go, ah. we came so close, just like the Phillies did last year against Houston and lost it in the end. And we kind of knew that was going to happen. I sort of predicted that. I didn't predict that for the Eagles. And um, they didn't get there. Uh, Kansas City outsmarted them, I think, in the second half, and the Eagles um, were humbled.
2: Well, as I told you on the show many years ago, uh, unfortunately for the Eagles, although it was a great year for them, Mm -hmm. uh, I think I told you one time about the um, Eagles fan who wanted the members of the Eagles from the football team to be his Paul Bears. Right. And of course, you know the reason was to be leapt down by the Eagles one last time. <laughs>
1: down six feet under—that's so. terrible, but it's true. <laughs> I know you're not making that up. I think I think that was the truth. That really right. is a story. It's a little sick, but yeah, it's quite uh, the lifestyle of religion for a lot of people there in Philadelphia. And there are a lot of people who were pretty disappointed by what happened in that game. We won't talk about the the game itself and the refereeing. We'll just say close but no cigar this year. I, I was going to look up, but I still haven't. Weeks later. Has any city made it to both championships in football and baseball and lost them both? Well, you, you maybe have a first. I may have a first. Well, let's hope the Cowboys get there someday. It's only been almost 30 years, but who's <laughs> counting? <laughs> uh, anyway, on to more, much more important things, and that is regarding estate planning. And Michael, you have Medicaid cases that you wanted to discuss today with the audience and how they can do a simple thing
2: or two. And save a ton of money. Yeah, well, this one, I think, I was just thinking about a case that happened this week that um, a lot of times this is going to be on long-term care costs because most people do not have long-term care insurance or inadequate income or inadequate resources to help pay for cost of care. And as we know, for the most part, other than because of COVID, uh, people are living longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as a result, they're more likely to, because of advances in medication, etc., exercise, diet, people are just living longer. And so the longer you live, the more likelihood that there may be some dementia-related disease. Um or other things that could happen where people live longer, but I've I've heard that all men are gonna get prostate if they yeah, live long yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, yeah, sure. And so um the longer you live, the more likelihood something bad's gonna happen. You see all these different things throughout your life, but uh, so as a result Uh, As people need care, how are they going to pay for it? Because they don't realize that Medicare has very, very limited coverage, and that's only after a hospitalization stay that you have at the maximum is 100 days coverage. So then you're saying, well, how am I going to pay? Uh, I'm on a particular board of a one facility, and average cost of care is ten to eleven thousand dollars a month. What facility did you say? I didn't want to say a name oh, of facility, oh. but a bit, it's a great facility. Said, what kind of facility? Uh, it's now? a nursing home. A Nursing home, gotcha. uh-huh. okay. And but you know, it's it's very costly. Phew. Now even the average one is going to be between seven eight thousand. When we started this ten years ago, it was like four. I think yeah, you were saying. Things, well, cost of living, everything's gone up. Oh goodness. It's just kind of like, well, what was the estate tax limit? was What was it? it used to be and now what it is today? Now yeah. it's $12,920,000. How many right. people have that size of an estate? But it used to be uh, 20 years ago it was 600000 <sighs> You know, something like that. So, I mean, it's not because there's just different tax laws that have changed. It's not because inflation was that much. Different congressmen, presidents, things like that, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have inflation, but it's not that much. uh, When I was in Argentina, the uh, inflation rate was 80%. Oh, my gosh. You know, we think it's bad here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, bottom line is people are living longer, and the longer you live, the more likely you're going to need care, and how do you pay for it? And so that people look for public benefits, uh, usually Medicaid, although sometimes veterans' benefits. Uh, so, uh, but Medicaid is means-tested. In other words, they look at your assets. And your income, and if you've transferred assets on purpose to get eligible for Medicaid, certain certain, so there are certain financial criteria, as well as, of course, you have to be bad enough medically. Uh, So, so in this case, the husband uh, had to go into a hospital and is now in a nursing home. Um, On the Medicaid rules, they look at not only your assets, but they look at your income, and. They, allow, they look at the combined incomes of the husband and the wife, if it's a married couple, uh, and they say, okay, if, you're roughly, if your total income, that is what's called non-countable resource income, typically Social Security and pension is below a certain level, let's say between 3700 and $3,800 a month then because usually these people are retired most people who are in a nursing home are retired Uh, it's not usual that one's still working well spouse Uh, but let's say that that income was lower than that limit well that's not real the lower the income under federal laws to prevent spousal impoverishment the more you could protect so uh, the maximum without what they call expansion uh, is around a little over $148,000. So um, if your income was greater than the most you could keep if the combined incomes of the husband and the wife were over that thirty-seven dollars to $3,800 threshold, then uh, the most you could keep is this 148000 of countable resources. Okay. Certain things count. Certain things do not count. Home doesn't count. One car doesn't count. Pre-need funerals doesn't count. Personal property items don't count. There's a kind of a small laundry list of things that do not count. Good. All right. So... Um, So if your income is lower, let's say your income of the married couple was uh, $2,700 a month. Well, there's a formula to determine how much more than that $148,000 that you can keep. So somebody might be able to keep hundreds of thousands of dollars and still be eligible for Medicaid if their income is low enough. But in this case that I'm going to tell you, uh, the income was greater between the husband and the wife. So that means that you cannot have—they um, take a snap, what's called a snapshot picture. They look at the assets as of the first day of the first month in which somebody is institutionalized for 30 consecutive days. So if somebody, let's say, went into a facility in March— um, at any time from March thirty first to March thirty first, March first to March thirty first, then they would look at the countable resources as of March the first. So let's say in this case that the married couple had three hundred thousand dollars of countable resources. Now I say in this case they had a home, and they also had a rental property. So if your income is combined, uh, it was three hundred thousand. The most they'd say you could keep is roughly that $148,000. Uh, you have to get down to one-half not to exceed the limit. All right, so in the, let's say that the married couple had $100,000 in checking, savings, money markets, things like that, and $200,000 home. Well, under the Medicaid rule, so under our example, on March 1st, they had $300,000 of accountable resources. You, will, you cannot have eligibility until you're down to one-half not to exceed the one hundred and forty eight <clears throat> one of the things that doesn't count is if you place a real property up for sale, okay, they had real property two hundred thousand, okay, so they place it up for sale for two hundred thousand on by April first doesn't count, wow. so now they still have all their assets. Mm-hmm but they're eligible under the rules by just placing the property up for sale. And can they take it off the market the next day? No, they have to continuously have it on the market. In fact, you have to make efforts to sell the property as well. So if you've had it on the market, let's say, for six months and it hadn't sold and there hasn't been anything, so you shouldn't have it for a lot more than what the market should be, the price should be. So typically you get either an appraiser or look at the property tax statement to see what the value is. And then you place it up for sale. But what if you sell it? Okay, now that that's the next problem, hmm. because then it's cash, and now I'm at three hundred thousand cash, and I have to get down to one hundred forty-eight. Well, there are several things you could do. Most commonly, you know, you could put it in the home if you have a home. Maybe you had a mortgage on the home. Uh, maybe uh, you need to make improvements to your homestead. Maybe you need to make repairs to your homestead. Maybe you haven't taken care of a funeral. Maybe you haven't. Um, you need a more expensive car. One car doesn't count. Maybe you want to buy some personal property items. Maybe there's some exceptions to the transfer penalty rules, uh, like a grandchild having a, what's called a Uniform Transfers to Minors Act account uh, that you could. Uh, make a transfer to that without a penalty. So there's different things you could do, but the most common thing is that the spouse wants to keep their assets in some form of cash. So there is a form of a Medicaid-compliant annuity. Now, it's not just any annuity. It's a single premium immediate annuity. So let's say you have uh, on that $200,000, you give $200,000 to an insurance company, There's only a few companies that sell this particular type of annuity, I might add. It starts paying out immediately for a term certain, certain period of time, less than the life expectancy of the annuitant. So the well spouse, let's say that they had a seven-year life expectancy. It has to be paid back within seven years in monthly installments of principal and interest with after the state after the spouse, rather, the state would have to be named as a remainder beneficiary. So you want to make it a shorter term. Now, so let's say that the well spouse died. Well, then you gambled wrong if you hadn't gotten paid all your money back. So you would want it to be a shorter annuity. So... Uh, we had somebody, I uh, uh, mean I'll tell that story on the second half of the show, but uh, there you, you you want it be paid back. I mean, yes, it could go to your spouse first and then that means more that would either be paid to the nursing home or that there would be a loss of eligibility because the income exceeded the cost of the facility cost or uh, if that spouse had predeceased and then the well spouse died before it was all paid. Out, then the government would be the next beneficiary. So the trick is to make it uh, short enough that it's paid back. We I'm going to tell you an outrageous example um, because this is very unusual, but I'm going to just tell it as a as an extreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had somebody last year; uh, his wife was going in the nursing home, and he was a little bit advanced in age, ninety six. That's advanced. Yeah. He was ninety-six and he said, Um should I buy this annuity? I said, Well, you know, you have to make one promise to me. He said, What's that? You're gonna have to live a year because we're gonna only make this we're not if we're gonna do it, we're not gonna make it more than a year. If you don't live a year, we're gonna kill you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was nine months ago. He's still alive. Really? He did. He, he bought an annuity. It's paying him sixteen thousand dollars a month in addition to his social security. Okay. And his wife got on Medicaid nine months ago. Okay. Uh, and so uh, he came in the office last week. I said, "Okay, you still got three more months. Otherwise, you're you're gambled and lost." Right. Right. So Very um,
1: interesting. And it was good advice. You think not generally can, can justify an annuity? Cause well, you look thought... at their health.
2: He was he was still driving. No, really. Yeah, you probably saw him on the street. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and I dodged him, I hope, yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, so he's still driving, so he's okay. Uh, you have to look at the health condition. If sure. you think that somebody is, I mean, really at that age, that's a big risk. Sure. Um, that's the oldest one I've ever had, and that's why yeah. I said it was an extreme. Uh, so you have to stay below whatever the protected resource amount is, that one-half figure Until the application is approved. So, if it takes six months for approval on that case, then you better make sure that you buy more of an annuity, not just get down to one half, but you got to get down to more so that you're not not, uh, above during the time that the application. And how long does it take for the application to be approved? Mm-hmm. It's get longer and longer. The state, a lot of people left working for the state. What They're supposed to respond within 45 days. Mm-hmm. Now it's between three and four months, and it could be as much as six months. So mm-hmm. you have to be really conservative on that. Okay. Um, now, it could be, you know, so the timing is actually crucial. In this case, uh, we said, because they took that snapshot as of the first day of the month, mm-hmm. okay. So we had the asset, the home that is, and then you just put it up for sale before the first day of the next month. What happens if the person had bought the had put the property up for sale, uh, and before they somebody was institutionalized? Okay. Well, then you have – So in our first example, there was a two hundred thousand dollar rental property and a hundred thousand dollars of cash. Well. If that happened, then the two hundred thousand dollar rental property didn't count, and so now you have a hundred thousand and you have to get down to one half of that
0: okay. before there's
2: eligibility right. fifty thousand so instead of keeping three hundred thousand, you're going to have to get fifty thousand i mean you're going to have to get down another fifty thousand dollars, so timing becomes crucial, and if you don't sell it, you have to probably reduce the price. Uh, on a you know from time to time, and you have to justify if you know if you have you can't just say oh I have a two hundred thousand dollar home I'm going to place it for sale for a million dollars you're not really making any effort. Hmm. And yeah. And, and again, even if it didn't sell for that two hundred thousand, you better say well I better reduce it because after six months if I'm not getting buyers, the state wants to make sure you're trying to do something. So. Um, the actual, the uh, we actually have another case that just like I just mentioned, mm-hmm. where the person had, oh, let's say they had um, a property up for sale, wasn't that expensive, but it didn't count. So now we have to get down to one half of what's left.
1: Which is interesting. And I want to talk about another case that you mentioned regarding Medicaid and some of these tricks, um, not really tricks, but just strategies and advantages that you can create if you do the right simple thing. Uh, The right simple thing, however, is to attend Michael's next workshop, which is Saturday, March the 18th at 10 a.m. That's the, the smartest and fastest thing you should do first because... Ladies and gentlemen, as smart as many of you are, and I've met many of you over the years, no one's that smart, at least as compared to Michael Cohen, who's a specialist who each breathes and sleeps these topics and follows his heart and is there to help and serve the listeners so that they don't get burned. They make the right choices, the right decisions, and then consequently, um, down the road, whether they become disabled or if they pass. Um, those decisions that they made are the, are the right ones for them and their family. The way to ensure that is to attend Michael's next workshop because he's on top of this. He's got this better than, I think, most if not all of the listeners.
2: Uh, Michael, tell them all about the workshop and why, first of all, it's called a workshop. Yeah, we call it a workshop, not a mm-hmm. seminar, because we ask people questions. What do they want to know? Mm-hmm. This topic today has been mostly about saving on term care costs, but a lot of people want to know about estate planning, Wills, right. Trust, Powers, of Attorney, Tax issues, Veterans benefits. It you know it's all about different types of planning. Um, so it doesn't really matter what each workshop is different because I never know what what people what questions the people were going to ask. Sure. Uh, this last one there was a lot of more Medicaid issues okay. than uh, and so that's one reason why I went over this today. Uh, but the next workshop could be more on people with estate planning. I have no idea. This last one, there was a question about something about veterans' benefits uh, and how to sell the home without losing a veteran benefit. Mm -hmm. So it it gets into any number of things, and and each workshop's different because everybody's questions are different. We've been doing it for over 10 years, and each workshop's different. And so we ask people what they want to know, and then in this two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, we answer your questions as well as having a presentation. it's it's free to attend the estate planning essentials workshop. All you have to do is call 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102 or sign up online, which is probably preferable. Dallas Elder Lawyer Dot com. Sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. dot uh, com. You'll see that the time will fly by. You're going to learn something and have fun along the way. We usually have something for you to eat and uh, coffee or cold drinks or water and things like that. And, of course, the of course. famous K.A.A.M. coffee mug. Very uh, famous. The, the ones that everybody's been clamoring for. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those will be given, of course, as courtesy of this radio station, which we appreciate.
1: Which is our pleasure.
2: Um, and
1: these... COVID started, what, three years ago, almost exactly uh, this month, goodness gracious, and things have changed. But in that three years, Michael had to do a lot of virtual workshops, but
2: now they are in person again, right? Yeah, we've been doing in person almost a year. It's been a little bit less than a year, but almost a year now. It seems like um, we like to think of the. It's in the past. I know that some people still get it, but mm-hmm. uh, we, we like to think of it as in the past. And so everything's been uh, live for sure and only for – well, we have had a few virtual ones uh, throughout the year because of various reasons. Sure. But for the most part, they're live now. And this way – and it's better because you see the questions of other people. You learn something from others. And now you go in with whatever your questions are and you get those answered, and then you find, oh, gee – I didn't realize that I hadn't thought about that. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's useful, and it's uh, you're going to learn something, and and really, there's no cost, so it's really no obligation. Just you know, learning. And the virtual ones were also live too. These are in person,
1: is what we specifically mean. So, you would attend these in person workshops. The next one is on March the eighteenth, which is Saturday, ten o'clock. So no traffic, no issues. And where exactly are the workshops?
2: Oh, we have a conference center at our building, which is, you know, near Medical City Hospital, which okay. is uh, close to LBJ and Central Expressway. Okay. Uh, it's actually off of Forest. Uh, near Central Expressway 75. I should have also mentioned, if you do go to the free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop... Uh, You get a free vision meeting, what we call a vision meeting, where you could go over your own situation in person without any obligation as well. So you get three free hours. We consider that like a $1,500 value without any kind of cost to you and no obligation. I think it's more than that, but uh,
1: it's just my subjective opinion because of Michael's expertise. But you should sign up for that workshop. To do so, go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or just call them the old-fashioned way, 2147. 720 0102 214. 720 0102. About three, four minutes left. Michael, what else can we say about Medicaid?
2: Oh, well, I mean, this is on long, there's lots of different Medicaid programs. Mm-hmm. There's In fact, in Texas, there's 109 Medicaid programs, each with their own rules. In the few minutes we have remaining, I don't think we'll get to all of them. But, <laughs> but the, the reason we went over the long term care Medicaid is that. That's the one that we see the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who are being disabled and for life uh, and maybe get on, like, supplemental security income and get Medicaid that way. So the, some of these rules that I'm talking about are, are not going to be applicable to – Let's say SS Supplemental Security Income. So each one of these programs has their e, their own rules. So it really, it just depends on um, which program. And so there's another program for Medicaid at home, home care. Uh, I was talking about the nursing home, but at home there's even a. It's even more. Um, it's same type of rules for the most part, but the formula for instead of that thirty-seven to thirty-eight hundred, it's a higher limit. So you might be able to get even um, keep more assets if you're at home. However, there's a wait list, and uh, there's different rules on transfers. Uh, so most people do want to stay at home. And so this is a popular thing. There's thousands of people on the wait list. Uh, But uh, you know, there's really not. If you have somebody who's older, a lot of times we've just put somebody on the wait list because we think something bad could occur. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you know, if there's no obligation by putting somebody's name on the wait list because you could just say, "No, I'm not interested," put my name at the bottom of the list. Sure. So it's no harm, no foul. Uh, So uh, that gets into another series of questions on: Have you made any Tra- uncompensated transfers, any gifts, uh, it gets into gets kind of complicated because the you know to navigate all these different programs, um, quite frankly, most people are not aware of that. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our most common referral source, uh, other than uh, satisfied clients, is uh, estate planning attorneys. So the because it's you know it's uh, just dealing with the estate planning issues. You have to look at the uh, public benefits issues, and so it's a kind of a, it's hard just unless you stay on top of it because the rules change all the time, and there's so many different rules that most people say well. I want to deal with the larger estates as opposed to helping, for the most part, the everyday guy. Makes perfect
1: sense. It sounds complicated. It's something that people need to address. not a lot of people make millions and millions of dollars have millions, and millions of dollars so this applies to some even though he doesn't get as many questions about medicaid medicare government assistance in general at the workshops this still applies to hundreds if not millions of people in Texas and in the country so you should attend his next workshop to ask more questions about Medicaid or other, specifically, so that you know what the future holds, what you can and can't do, and the mistakes you could make that you would regret down the road. Just attend his next workshop and sign up for that March 18th, Saturday, 10 o'clock. Dial 214 to do it the old-fashioned phone way, 214-720-0102. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows and did it my
0: way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop, by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.